We're going to read and I'm going to talk and try to make things more easily digestible. Um, I talked a lot about Cliff. It's weird. I don't talk about Cliff a lot. I've got a wonderful sponsor. Um, I've learned a tremendous amount uh, from her, but I guess this is just the week in a cliff, so we're going we're to talk about him. Uh, I think I've told people face-to-face, -face, and I might have mentioned it from the podium, but I'm going to tell you again. Um, Cliff was my sponsor at one point. He was also my grand sponsor. And uh, when I had to, when I couldn't get a hold of someone or when I was supposed to get a hold of him, every, you know, every time I would call him, it would be read 84 through 103 and do what it says. I'm going to let Chad deal with all of step 12, not just the working with others, but the family afterwards and two employers and two wives. He's got an hour to do that, but I think he can do it. I was pretty impressed with 539. I'm just going to talk about 10 and 11. Um, and he would uh, tell me to do this, you know, no matter what. Um, I remember one time um, I called him up. I was disturbed. Um, I wasn't allowed to date, but I was pregnant and my baby, daddy, I don't know, ex-boyfriend, whatever it was, he called me up and he was trying to be supportive and he was like, hey, do you want to go to this party with me, right? So I call up Cliff and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not allowed to date, but it's kind of like a date, you know, but then again, he is the father of my child and I'm a little disturbed and I mean, page 100 says I'll be okay, but I'm sure there's going to be alcohol there and I, I, I don't know what to do and I couldn't get all my sponsors, so I called Cliff and he was like, great 10 step, you run along and find someone to help. And I was like, but... Do at the party or outside of the party? Like, you know, and he was right. It was like, don't worry about, you know, whether it's going to work out with the debt, your son's father. Don't, you know, don't worry about the party. You just, that's, there's hours and hours until that happens. You know, just, just go find someone to help. And so uh, with that theme in mind, I'm going to start reading page 80, um, 84. Uh, it's going to talk about the 10th step, which I touched on a little bit when we were looking at steps one and two last night when we talked about sanity. Um, we're in the middle of page 84. This thought brings us to step 10, which, is we, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So the bad news is you're not going to outgrow mistakes. You're going to keep making them for the rest of your life. <laughs> so we're going to have more opportunities. To, we don't ever outgrow amends. Okay? We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We clean up the past in 8 and 9, so we start living in 10, 11, and 12 um, right after we get off our knees after doing the step 7, okay? And I just bring that up because uh, not as often because I think these people avoid me now. I will hear people that are like, you have to finish all my amends before I look at step 10 or I look at step 11 or I look at step 12. Um, we just don't have time for all of that, right? <laughs> we got to jump into living in 10, 11, and 12 as we're cleaning up the past. Um, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. And what this is right in here is going to be the reactive part of step 10, right? There's a proactive and a reactive part of step 10, and this is the reactive part. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Basically, whenever I'm disturbed. When these crop up, uh, we ask God at once to remove them, right? So I can get formal with the fear prayer, and I can say, God, please remove my fear and direct my attention away to have me be, or I can get formal with the resentment prayer, and I can say, God, this is a sick man. Please save me from being angry. How can I be useful to him? Yada, yada, yada. Or I can just be like, God, take this. Take this pain. Take this. You know, take this. Uh, that's all I, I can have. There's no wrong way to pray. Just, you know, take this. 
Um, we discussed them with someone immediately. Another thing about Cliff, I would call him and I, I swear, he'd never interrupt me, but I would and he would almost never give me any feedback. He'd be like, all right, go find someone to help, bye. And I would be like, they're supposed to be discussing, right? And one day, out of just pure frustration, I got out the 1930s dictionary, and what I found is one of the definitions of discuss is just to declare, right? I've just gotta tell someone about it, and I agree, sometimes that's the, most, that's the worst part of this. I don't wanna tell anyone. <laughs> I could get petty, I could get fearful, I can get embarrassingly self, I swear to you, one time I felt bad for myself because too many people loved me. I'm not even kidding. You know, like, I, I don't want to tell anybody this stuff, right? And so, but I, I got to tell someone. And then I make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. I find the longer I put off a, an amends, the further it gets away, the smaller it seems. It's not that big of a deal. So I find it's best to jump on it right away. Um, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Right? So I'm going to turn my thoughts and I'm going to start thinking about someone I can help. In my world, um, I have actually, um, I'm not available all the time. Cliff was. He just, he never left his living room. He was just, the phone would ring and he would just answer it and that would be that. But I'm not. And so I have people I work with and we have what we refer to as our 10-step buddy list. Um, and sometimes uh, we call each other because we try to call a normie. It doesn't always work out well. You call and you're like, oh, I'm afraid of this. And they're like, yeah, that's really bad. You should call an attorney. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, like, or they'll go, oh, this person did that. And they'll be like, I'll get the eggs and the toilet paper. When are we going to get their house? You know, they will not help you at all. Right? So but we will call each other or we'll text message each other. And it's something just like, hey, I'm so fearful of all of this stuff or I'm so angry about all of this stuff and then the other person if they're trying to live this way of life too is going to say hey did you pray you know um hey do you owe an amends um did you ever think about this or that and then they're gonna you know kind of you know metaphorically pat you on the behind and say now you go find someone to help um and uh I will say if you're gonna do a 10 step in text which is fine I would leave the details out. Um, more, than, uh, more than once, I've done this and other people have done this, I write, you know, I was mad at my son's father and I, my brain was, send this to my sponsor, send this to my sponsor, and I sent it to him. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm so mad about this and that, I'm gonna pray and go find someone to help, but he like text message back, he's like, you know, really, all that really happened was, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, so that's what I say, you know. I'll send text messages that are like, prayer, Anger, prayer, others. Talk later. Bye. <laughs> right? Much, much better. Saves, saves a lot of harm and saves a lot of embarrassment. And that is, it, what it does is it kicks me right back into the, uh, the proactive part of uh, the 10-step, which is I'm really supposed to be trying to go around thinking about everybody else, which we're going to talk about that in a second here. And then here it's going to talk about a promise. Love and tolerance of others is our code. I study computer science right now, so I study coding, and coding, code is what you run on, and, and computers are very absolute. If you tell them you do this, they do that. A computer never does anything, kind of, right? It does it absolutely, and that's my code. Love and tolerance of others is my code, full stop, no matter what they do, right? Um, because that's how I'm supposed to be living up to. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Right? So I'm not coming to AA meetings every day to bolster, not, I don't do a meeting every day, but I'm not coming to AA meetings to bolster my willpower. 
right? That's a promise of step 10. If I just, if I keep, if I clean up the past and I live in 10, 11, and 12, then I won't have to fight alcohol anymore. By this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Talked about that last night. I don't touch hot stoves. I don't run into burning buildings. And I don't drink alcohol, not because I didn't have fun with it back in the day, but because I'm just sane now. My brain just works the right way, and I just remember where it goes, and I don't want to go there. Um, we react sanely and normally, and we will find this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. Uh, we're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. It's going to tell me later on that any plan to avoid temptation is doomed to failure. It's just not going to work, right? Um, that's... Uh, we feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. We talked about cocky and afraid back in the fear inventory. I didn't get too much into it, but it's like those are the two extremes that I ping, I ping pong back and forth between I'm totally fearless and reckless and cocky, and then I'm just afraid. And in my, in my, what I generally do when I'm afraid is just nothing. And life will just completely pass me by, right? And I don't have to live in either one of those extremes anymore. Um, I can live in this safe and protective place, um, actually have a life and progress forward. That is our experience. That is how we react as long as we keep and fit spiritual condition. Here's what's easy. It's easy to let up on our spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. So this, there's elsewhere in the book where they tell our loved ones not to expect too much out of us. <laughs> but right now, it kind of, I always feel like they're kind of talking to us like we're kids, right? So laurels, back in ancient times, they would have um, the Olympics. So instead of getting medals for your um, successes, you would get these wreaths of laurels that they would put on your head. And so if you were resting on your laurels, you were resting on all the work, all the, the wins you had from before. So what they're saying is, it's kind of like, you're the spiritual Olympiad, kiddo. You did so great. You did all this work, right? Elsewhere, they're like, don't expect a lot out of these people. I just, I find the difference in tone to, to be comical. So basically, I have done a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work writing out a fourth step. It's a lot of work listening to someone tell you you don't even know the half of it in step five. It's a lot of work to just give everybody else an, a, a pass and to um, go and just go in and try to make an amends and to clean it up, this uncon unconditional surrender to the process. And if I stop there, I'm, I'm doomed to drink, right? We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. Um, you know, I didn't do it this time, uh, but generally when I introduce myself, I'll use my full name when we're not recording, and I'll say I'm a recovered alcoholic. There's a part in the book that says um, my, I should draw attention to myself to the newcomer as someone who has recovered so that, that's why I do it, other people don't and that's fine too but I never introduce myself as Mary the cured alcoholic <laughs> because I'm, I, I know that and I know that if I don't do this work I will go insane and I will drink again um, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition um, and here's sort of the stuff. Remember when I talked about um, the programs like math and that it's absolute? Every single time I multiply something times zero, I'm going to get zero. Here's one of those absolutes every day. Every day. <laughs> you know, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. It's a tall order. Sorry, tall order. Um, every day must all activities. And so here's the proactive part. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done like breathing. 
Um, it actually says, these are thoughts with us go with us constantly. The only thing I truly do in life constantly is breathing. Um, I used to be nowhere near this. You know, I'm getting closer and closer, but I, I will still tell you, I'm, for one second, don't think I'm coming up here and telling you that I breathe and pray constantly. That's where I'm trying to go. This is what I want, because I bet you this is a great place to live. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. We can exercise our willpower. That's my thought power. Along this line, all we wish is the proper use of the will. That's why God gave me this brain, this fast-thinking, imaginative, enthusiastic brain that God gave all of us. That's what I'm supposed to be using it for, to constantly be seeking whatever it is um, he wants me to do. I think I mentioned this. I call God he. It's just easier for me to assign a personal pronoun. Um, if God's a she for you or if God is you know, gender neutral, that's totally fine. Um, this is just easier for my brain to hold on to the concept. Um, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. Um, we have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. I'm always afraid I'm going to miss one of the senses, right? But I come into this world with five senses. Let's figure them out. We got touch, we got taste, uh, we got sight, we got sound. What else am I missing? Smell. smell, right? I got five. They're all pretty useful. I had COVID. I couldn't smell. Sucked. All I'm saying is, like, I just, I, I really missed it. I just was like, I don't feel right. When it came back, I was super happy. Now I have a sixth sense. That's how important this is. Why I don't use it constantly, I don't know. <laughs> I have a direct line to the supreme ruler of the universe, and I still try to use my brain an embarrassingly often amount of time, <laughs> right? But I've, I've got a main line to the, you know, the universe's greatest supercomputer, and if I use that, things are going to go better, right? It's a, it's a new sense that I have. Um, but we must go further, and that means more action. Pause here, see if there's anything else I'm supposed to say. Nope, that's it. Okay, step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. For the purposes of this conversation, we're just going to assume praying is talking and meditation is listening. I know there's a lot of different forms of meditation, but for what I'm saying, meditation, that's what I'm talking about. I, I am by no means an expert on recovery or the big book, and I am especially not an, an expert on all the ways, the different ways to meditate. So I'm just putting that out there. Um, uh, Chad and I were talking about um, our role and who it is we're drawn to, uh, to carry the message to. And I'm really, uh, I'm kind of really bent for people just to be like, we're going to do this real simple. You know, real simple. <laughs> you know, we're, and then later on, there are people who have experienced, who have figured out a lot of really complicated, cool, next level spiritual things, and they're going to do their job, and I'm going to do my job, right? <laughs> and the world's just going to keep on spinning. But when I'm doing things, prayer is talking, and meditation is listening. Um, and I mean that absolutely sincerely. If I tried to sit up here and be really like sophisticated and tell you all about the different flavors of meditation and how you do them. Um, it would, first of all, be really boring, and it'd be completely dishonest because I don't know anything about it. So um, we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. So again, like breathing. It works if you have the proper attitude and work at it. Um, so 
someone told me this once, and my friend, I was like, this person said something so brilliant. And she's like, Mary, they took that right out of We Agnostics, you know? <laughs> the, the, I was like, oh, well, it's still brilliant. Um, the proper attitude is God is everything, and I am not. <laughs> and they tell us that back in We Agnostics, you know, what is our choice to be? God is either everything or he is nothing. And that's the proper attitude. God is everything, and I am not um, and again, Chad talked about this when we're making amends. There's a lot of things this book says to do that your fully functioning brain is like, that is a really, really bad idea. Don't do that, right? But God is everything and I am not. And that, that's the proper attitude when I'm doing this, right? Um, so um, it would be easy to be vague about this matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. Now, I can't believe this hasn't come up earlier, but... Um, I am in the camp of people that believe that this is a one-size-fits-all program. Um, and even though I am a woman, and there's mostly masculine language in this book, I don't feel like I need my own book, right? I also have, a, Chris R. talks a lot about issues. I've got a ton of outside issues. <laughs> and I don't, um, I try not to talk about from the podium because I don't want to, uh, distract anyone. You want to know about them, I'll be happy to tell you. It's like I, we talked about. My favorite subject's me. I'll tell you all about it. Um, it's The program is customizable where it needs to be. An example is in the third step. You know, um, It's a God of my understanding. I, another place where it's customizable uh, is here in the 11th step. It's going to tell me of the things that I need to do, and then I get a lot of freedom that's really just between um, my loved one's um, my God, you know, and my personal preferences. And so um, I just like to bring those things up. The, the things that they tell us that are definite and valuable suggestions, and then they would give me uh, freedom to freestyle. Um, when we retire at night, I believe they're telling us what to do at night because we need to do it that first night before the next day. So um, when I went through the steps, after I'd spent four years, you know, getting progressively worse attending meetings, but when I went through the steps, we did five through eight in one day. You know, went, uh, five actually took a really long time. I went immediately to go take my hour. I did six and seven. I called my sponsor, and then we did step eight, right? So I needed to know what to do that night, <laughs> you know, because I, I started to clean up the past when I started to come up with a game plan. I made my very first amends the very next day, but I, I needed to know what questions I need to answer that night. So I don't think it's by accident that we get the instructions for the evening review before we get the instructions on how to start our day. So I'm at the top of page 86. Now, sometimes people will get, they'll like go back and forth with me. They'll say, this is not seven questions, it's six questions. The last two questions are the same. And I'm like, I don't care. Just answer the questions. <laughs> you know, if it's six questions for you, awesome. If it's seven questions for you, awesome. You know, um, so here we go. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Where were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Now, they just told me to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. All they did was take that instruction and turn it into a question. It's like, hey, did you watch for these things? And then it says, do we owe an apology? The third thing they told me to do was to make amends quickly if I've harmed anyone. And then it asked me, it says, have you kept something to yourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? The second thing they told me to do, um, or I guess it's the third thing they told me to do uh, was discuss them with someone immediately. 
right? Um, and then it says, were we kind and loving toward all? It told me that love and tolerance of others is my code. Um, and then it asked me, um, were we thinking of our, you know, what could we have done better? It told me that the proactive thing I should be doing is how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. They're just like, how well did you do that mantra? How well did you say that mantra? How well did you lean into that, breathe into that? That's all they're asking me. And then it's, you know, were we thinking of what we could do for others? Um, sorry, I lost my place here. Um, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time or were we thinking of what we could do for others of what we could pack into the stream of life? And um, I can do these in my head. I can do these and send myself a text message to get the answers. I can sit down with a notebook and write it out. Um, and what I have found is that the more I put into it, the more that I get out of it but it's better to do it in my head than to not do it at all. Um, and I have found that even if I realize the next morning that I went to sleep without doing it, there's still value. Also, if I find myself, I know none of you ever do this, but it's happened to me before, where I realize I haven't done like step 11 in a really long time. <laughs> you know, suddenly it's like, I'm not doing my night review, I'm not praying in the morning, I'm not doing anything. Else. The temptation is to say, okay, well, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow, tomorrow. And what I've actually found what's much better is I realize when I'm in this cycle, stop right then and just do a review right then. Even if it's noon, do a nightly review right then. And it sets me up to get back into the habit of doing the nightly review at night and um, doing the upon awakening routine in the morning. So there's practical advice there. Um, after making our review, we require, or sorry, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. It was kind of a brain twister, and it hurt my feelings the first time so, someone told me that worry, remorse, and morbid reflection were still selfishness and self-centeredness, and all that had happened was that my ego had tricked me into thinking about me. I was like, how dare you? I feel awful. You know, I'm not selfish, but it, it really is, right? And I, a, a normie friend one time told me, she's like, the thing is, when you're all mad at yourself, it's hard. You know, it feels bad. So you think it must be constructive, right? Like some good must be coming out of this because it's kind of hard work. And it's just not. <laughs> it's completely useless. And I don't even have, I don't have the luxury of staying mad at Mary. I need to treat it like any other 10th step and ask God to save me from being angry at myself, tell my sponsor, clean any mess up, and go find someone to help, right? I just, I just don't have time for that. Um, we ask God's forgiveness, and we inquire what corrective measures should be taken. And when, I'm, when I, I've lost track of the amount of times I've done this at night, and then I wake up in the morning, and the first thought I have is, boom, this is what you need to do. And it doesn't always necessarily makes sense. It doesn't always, I can't map it completely as to why this is going to work out, but I just know what it is I need to do. So I've seen, I've seen this work in my own life. Here we're going here. Okay. So on awakening, let us think about the other, about the 24 hours ahead. Um, we consider our plans for the day before we begin. Here's the prayer. We ask God to direct our thinking that it especially be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Um, some of us, we're going to wake up, we're going to say this prayer, we're going to be able to go directly to the kitchen table with our journal and our cheat sheet, and we're going to just be able to have this beautiful step 11. 
some of us, a kid is going to jump on us at five in the morning and announce they're sick or that they want breakfast or they'll just be screaming and crying or, you know, something is going to happen where it's just not going to be feasible to drop everything and go read and pray and meditate. Um, I, I'm a single parent. Um, I love being a single parent. I love being a parent. Um, I didn't mention it, but um, the day of my last drink is also when I found out that I was going to be a mom, right? And I, and I absolutely love it. But in the beginning of sobriety, I had all these non-parents telling me I needed to do this first thing in the morning. And I would take my son who would cry in the morning and want to be fed, and I would put him in his playpen, and I'd say, both of our lives depend on this. And I would, like, run and just let him cry because I just felt like I needed to finish the whole thing. And I'm calling my sponsor. I'm like, it's not working. It's just not working. You know, like, I'm just, she's screaming. I'm, I'm all stressed out. I don't feel very connected to God. And she's like, well, I don't know what to do. Call another mother. And so I did, and what she pointed out to me was that Upon awakening, I have to say, God, please direct my thinking that it especially be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. I've got some time. You know, I can get the kid off to school. I can, um, I can do, I can let the dog out. I can do whatever I need to do because sometimes life just starts. Boom. Right? But I just want to say that prayer so that I get plugged into God. And that's something that I can do as I'm walking to the coffee maker. That's something I can do as I'm trying to hold the kid's head who's vomiting, right? And I, but I still say it. That's what I try to get to. And there's going to be four parts to this. And this is the one part of the book that isn't, at least this is the way it appears to me, it's like one of the step 11 prayers, they don't tell us until page 164. Ask him what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Um, one of the step 11 prayers, they like told us before. Um, and the ninth step, which is you ask that your creator show you the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Each morning in meditation, there's some other place where they start talking about a, a, a daily discussion and when it's okay to invite the kid into the daily discussion. I was like, why didn't they talk about the daily discussion? This is the only time they mention it, right? But it's, so they're, they're kind of sprinkled all over the place. So if I miss anything, come up and tell me about it. I'll put it in my notes. I'll, I'll tell it later. But that's where we are. So I ask God to direct my thinking. I'm back on the page now. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance for God get after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Okay. There's a lot of freedom in there. I just got to tell God permission to direct my thinking, ask God to direct, direct my thinking. And then I have all this free space about how I get to the point where it says, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. This is one of the hardest instructions from the big book to me. We just stop, do nothing, ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decisions. So when I'm planning my day, if I don't know what to do, I need to pause and ask God. I like to write lists. That's what I do, lots of lists. Um, it doesn't really work out very well. It's much better to ask God for an intuitive thought or decision. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. Yes, you are going to do some dumb things. I'm just promising you, if you feel bad about it, you call me. I'll tell you all the dumb things that I have done. You'll feel much better about yourself, and it'll be just fine. Um, we might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. 
Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, become more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So I told you guys I really like my lists, right? So now instead of having everything all mapped out and understanding exactly how it's all going to go, a lot of times I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, right? Because I'm relying on, it doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible or don't try to prepare for things, but I'm just, a lot of it is I just got to go with the flow. I just got to rely on God. And when something happens and I don't know what to do, I'm just like, okay, God. What now, God? You know, one of the ways that I say this prayer is I say, okay, boss, what next, boss? What's next, you know? And so um, there's a lot of freedom in there. What I put in between my beginning sandwich, my when I don't know what to do, and now it's going to tell me how to wrap it up, right? We usually conclude this period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, and then we get over we need to take care of such problems, we ask especially for freedom self, from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. So um, this is not a punitive program. There's not like if you do that, you're you know, going to go to hell or, or anything like that. It's just, it's just real practical. It's just like you're just going to be wasting your time. Right? It's just going to waste your time, and you're not going to be able to get all the cool stuff that God has in mind for you. And there's a lot of freedom in here. All it tells me is how to begin, what to do if I get tripped up, and how to end. And whatever I want to put in the middle is between me and God. And so that's why I think it's a one-size-fits-all program. If our circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. Um, I don't have a wife... Um, but I do sometimes do this online with friends. That's one of the meetings that mine does once a month, my home group does. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. And so this is just a plug. Um, you know, it's been my experience, and the book backs this up. I don't have to join a religious organization. If I do this program, I'm probably going to be a better member of that organization. The danger is that I don't want to try to replace anything I'm doing in that religious practice with what the big book says. That's an addition to, not an instead of type of thing if I want to hold on to my recovery, right? Um, so uh, I know people, um, they're, I'm trying to, unfortunately most of the, the things that stick with me are Catholicism uh, because I, I don't do this, but I know, you know AA members that go to mass every single day I know AA members that say their rosary every single day, but that's an addition to what they're doing here, not instead of. Um, if going to Mass and saying the rosary isn't for you, totally cool, <laughs> right? This is just, a, this is just an, a, an example of the freedom that we get with this. So um, if not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few such prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. Again, Cliff loved the St. Francis of Assisi prayer out of the 12 and 12, um, I don't have it memorized. Sometimes I will, uh, I will say that prayer. The one that I do have memorized is the third and the seventh step prayer, and I like to get on my knees and just say that prayer uh, because I'm, I'm not really that religious, right? <laughs> but it emphasizes the principles uh, that I know. So I try to do the combined third and, step prayer, third and seventh step prayers. Whatever prayer that you guys want to use, that's fine. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. You know how sometimes you have a construction, like you have a road, and then they do some type of construction, 
And then afterwards they clear out and you're like, I know it used to be different, but I can't tell you exactly how it was different. I used to think about this differently and have a fear of non-AA sources. I usually I used to have a fear of non-big book sources. Like people would be like, I want you to read out 12 and 12. I'd be like, I'm going to throw this at your face. I just had a real, I think, I just had fear and I just didn't trust my own thinking. I was afraid something was gonna put something in my head and my alcoholic mind was gonna twist it and take me away from the program. A couple of years ago, a friend of a friend said something like, you know, the big book tells us at the end, if I only know the big book, I only know a little. And then my mind just exploded. <laughs> and then I was like, that's why they're telling us to read those other books. <laughs> and so um, once that happened, that's how God removed the fear from me. And now, you know, um, people keep throwing out all these names and podcasts and books and stuff. And I can't write down fast enough. I'm not going to live long enough <laughs> to read all this stuff. But this is where the part where even, um, you know, even if I want to be a quote-unquote big book bump or a big book nerd or anything like that, you know, not only is it okay to read the other materials, if that's what I truly want to be, I need to read those other materials as part of my 11-step um, practice. So as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful, and we ask for the right thought or action. So when I'm planning my day, I ask for an intuitive thought or decision. When I'm living my day, I'm gonna ask for the right thought or action. There's a theme here. We constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show, so like breathing. Um, I'm out of business, right? I'm officially in charge of nothing. Um, we constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show, humbly saying for ourselves many times each day, thy will be done, thy will be done. Thy will be done. It's just a shortened form of that mantra. You know, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement. Um, Chad made reference to this. Back in the day, excitement was like over-excitement, a bad thing. You know, excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. I can't stress this enough. When I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake, when I have a decision to make, instead of leaning into my pro-con list, I really need to lean into the instructions on 10 and 11. I'm in, I'm, the chances of making a non-foolish decision go way up um, if I do that, as opposed to if I keep trying to rely on my human resources. Um, we become much more efficient, right? I'm not wasting time trying to get my way. Um, we do not tire so easily. I'm not wasting energy trying to get my way. Um, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. Now, there's an understanding of the word undisciplined that I absolutely fill, right? Undisciplined, like come in, you're gonna find socks on the floor, it's gonna be a mess, you know? Uh, prior to getting sober, I would not want anyone to see my credit score, it's just downright embarrassing. Not all of you are gonna fit that definition of undisciplined, right? You're gonna be, you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning, you're gonna go to the gym, you're gonna hit your job, you're gonna come back, your house is gonna be meticulous, you're gonna go to bed on time, right? And so you're like, what are you talking about? I'm super type A, I am not undisciplined, thank you very much. Turns out, back in the day, um, undisciplined meant without knowledge, right? So I just don't have this knowledge, I'm without knowledge, that's all it is. So, so we let God discipline us. God's not going to punish us. God's going to impart knowledge to us through this process in this simple way that we have just outlined. 
right? Um, but this is not all. There is action more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. And so we're going to let um, Chad take that. Um, let me just pray here. Now I need to talk about the cards. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that fizzled at the end, but we got the information out. Uh, again, I was saying, you know, um, all I can, thank you. I don't know what to say. I don't get to talk about Cliff a lot. He was a huge part of my life. And I don't think I realized how much I missed talking about him until I came here and I had all of you who hadn't, most of you hadn't met him and how okay it was. Um, but uh, it was just, um, thank you for that. Uh, another cool, cool thing that Cliff did is that he created these little cheat sheet flashcards, right? And so he said he had a protege. Cliff sponsored women, right? I know it's, I know it's controversial, and I understand why it's controversial, and I stay out of that controversy entirely. Um, Cliff sp sponsored women, and I'm very, very thankful that he was willing to sponsor me. And one of the things that he did, he said he had a protege that used to take these little cards and just stick them in her bra. And when she would come out, she'd pull them out and just, you know, read them uh, to try and memorize them. And what they are, they're just some notes, right, on uh, step 10, uh, step 11 throughout the day, the nightly review questions, the morning instructions, what to do when you don't know what to do, and then just some cheat sheets on 12-step uh, work. And... Um, my love language is gifts, <laughs> and, I, and I, who knows if God will change that, um, but I just wanted to give you all um, a little set of these cards because they were instrumental in my recovery, and they're just a little bit of Cliff, and in that way, I get to carry the message that Cliff brought to me, and uh, they're going to mostly be the big book, and then some deep thoughts by Cliff, um, and you just, you can, you know, my suggestion is to read through them at least once. Um, and if you don't think, you know, if they don't think they're for you, pass them off to someone else. Uh, but they're just very good for just keeping us in the, uh, you know, keeping in the how simple this is. And in my mind, in my experience, a lot of this is just mindless. You know, just, just keep doing. Just, just pray. Just answer the questions. Just tell your sponsor. Just go find someone to help. Quit trying to figure out your life. Quit trying to just, I remember Chad talked about the dangers of thinking. Like, just don't think. Just do what the big book says and let your life unfold. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> so with that, I'm just going to say thank you. I'm going to stop talking. Thank you.